you know, it's easy. It's easy to do something whenever people praise you for it. Whenever you're getting a reward for it uh, and acceptance, etc. It's easy. However, it's hard to serve God if our mindset is on receiving reward from people or, you know, acceptance from men, etc. Because that is not going to be the case. Okay. If we look at the life of the prophets, the life of Christ, the apostles, etc., it's rejection. You know, it's it's a lot of uh, isolation. And that's the way it's been. You know, so why should we think that if we're serving God correctly, it's going to be any different? Or why should we feel like, hey, if I'm going through those things, they went through, something is wrong. You know, beloved, when, when all men hate you, that's because you're doing it right. You know, blessed are you when all men hate you for his name. You know, it, motive is everything. You know, it, it, I understand that it's, it's hard whenever it seems like nobody cares. Believe me, I, I know exactly what it's like. Uh, you know, as I'm recording this, uh, you probably, whoever's listening to this probably has encountered my books. Uh, and they were probably a blessing to your life. And now you have, you know, sought out, you know, to hear something I said. Well, I want you to know, nobody's listening to this. As I'm recording this, nobody's listening to this. As I'm recording this, hardly anybody is doing anything with my books. There is any, you know, I, I, today, yesterday, not, nobody has bought my books. I can see, you know, when anybody buys a book, etc. And it's encouraging when you feel like, you know, hey, something I'm doing, is, is it matters. But from human perspectives, it would seem like, this is, you know, you're just spinning your wheels, man. What are you doing? But the fact that you're listening to this lets me know, or should let you know, because I'm doing it without knowing it. I'm doing it in faith. But should let you know that despite it looked like he was spinning his wheels, look, I was able to receive something from the book, and now I'm listening to a man who nobody was listening to. <laughs> so you never know where you're, what you're doing you know where it's going to wind up but we should always you know this is very important whatever we do we should do it as unto the lord and not trying to please men not not adjusting anything we do because of men okay not trying to please men or accommodate you know what we think is going to get us praised or, you know, uh, any type of anything from people. Okay? Our hope is in God. Because it could kill you. Okay? It could kill you. You could be lifted up with pride. You know? And, and it could kill you if you uh, are moved by the praises of men. So, you know, the fact that God has you uh, tucked away in a corner somewhere and it seems like you don't exist to the people around you uh, that that does not mean that 
God is not going to use you. It could be, and it likely is, that he is training you to disregard, to don't, don't be moved by what people think about you. You shouldn't work, you know, to be pleased, uh, pleasing to men. You know, I mean, you can. I mean, that is an option there. You know, as I was writing Restoring the Biblical Christ, I mean, I, it, it, it came to my mind like, man, that, I could present the quote-unquote orthodox view, you know, the Trinitarian view. I could present it in a way that would really uh, probably make a lot of people that, you know, the majority of people who believe that, they would probably be really well accepting of it and be like, man, that's a good explanation. This is really great. And I could, you know, gather together sources and, but I would be dishonest if I did it that way, because I would be misrepresenting what the Bible teaches, you know, because it's not just what we can make the Bible say and try to take the Orthodox view and, and make the Bible, you know, support that in the best way we can, but to read the Bible and say, what were they trying to say when they wrote it? And to understand the truth of the matter and then explain the truth. But yeah, I, I know I was like, man, nobody cares, but this is better. You know, I could I could write a better Trinitarian book than these Trinitarians, you know, if I wanted to. But what good would it do? I could get the praise from men, you know. I wouldn't be getting the one-star reviews from the Trinitarians who try to piss on my book but I could have got praise from men but it would have not been praiseworthy before God it would not have been something that God was pleased with and Jesus said how can you believe if you seek the, the, the praises of men but not the praise that come from God so we want to please God and so the, the fact that you know, we're shut in a set in a corner somewhere. You know, in Isaiah 49, a brother uh, in Christ sent me Isaiah 49 in a text. And it's, he, he starts off, you know, it's talking about the Lord, the ministry of the Lord. But it's, you know, as we follow Christ, uh, we can glean from his strength and from his life experience and following his steps. Well, it says, you know, he was hidden away. The Lord hid him like a, a arrow in his quiver, <laughs> But he was being he was prepared for a purpose, but he was hidden away, and then all of a sudden he was brought out. You know? And and so that's something we should expect in our own life—a time of training, you know, where nobody, where you don't exist to people, you're not impactful, and you know, nobody cares, you know. And it can be troubling if we don't look at it as, hey, God. Because we got to understand it's God that works in you to will and to do according to his purpose. You know, this is God's doing. If you're in his abiding in the calling that he's called you to do and moving in the spirit, that's God's doing. And he's not, his word is not going to return to him void. You know, we are here, we're, we're, we're accomplishing a purpose that he is working in us. And understand that he has a goal in mind as he's doing this. And so uh, we can't... You know, be like a farmer who plants a seed in the ground and then goes back the next day and says, hey, what, I, I don't I see no corn coming up out of this field and gets discouraged. But understand that, hey, I can only do so much. And then, you know, God's going to make it grow. God's going to 
make it reverberate. You never know how, how your work is going to reverberate. You may not even see it in this life, you know. But just because you're, you're not being uh, seen, you're not finding acceptance, you're, don't let any of that move you. Because if it moves you, it can kill you. Because if your ministry does become prominent and people start, there was a time in Jesus' life where they wanted to take him and make him king. But he would not entrust himself to them because he knew what was in man and he did not, he would not receive what they were saying. Uh, they wanted to make him king, but he wasn't giving himself over to that, to their uh, desires. So what, and had he have, then his life would have turned out different. So we can't follow men or put ourselves in men's hands, uh, whether they praise us or not. We can't let our mind be based upon that. But we have to follow Jesus who sought to please. He said the Father has not left me alone because I always do those things that please him. And that has to be our mindset to please God. Okay, so this time whenever uh, it seems like nobody cares, let that be a time of training to, to uh, situate your mind to say, hey, I'm pleasing God. It doesn't matter what people think. So that way, you know, doing it regardless of what people think. Well, if they start to think highly of you, then you'll be trained to not uh, have an appetite for such things. You get what I'm saying? Because that could kill you. So thank God for your isolation. Thank God for your time of training because it's necessary to be trained. There's, no, there's nowhere that people just are not trained and then they're given a job to do. You know, it just doesn't, unless it's just a common job that anybody, but for specific tasks that require uh, skill and knowledge, these are things that require training and learning. And so God trains us. But, you know, how many people in, in college or in, in some university, you know, you could be going to a university to be a doctor or something and, and sitting there doing all that work, man, all that study and all that work, and then get discouraged halfway through your uh, your schooling because you're like man no I, I nobody has gotten healed by my work man nobody but it would be foolish because the man is still in a time of training but he keeps on doing it because he has a view towards the outcome of his training and it should be the same with us that whenever we are put away you know and we're uh, not ministering publicly that this is a time of training and not get discouraged you know and if a doctor uh, if a doctor does not fulfill his training and starts working on people if the if the overseer of the university or the people that put him to work in a hospital let him begin ministering if you will on patience before he's completed his training well he may 
he may kill somebody. And a lot of time, you know, in ministry, it's we have this eagerness to 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 run out there and we want to just get busy and start doing things. And it's good to have a zeal, but there's also a time of training. There's also a time of training. And we just have to be patient and not try to force, you know, let it be birthed out of, I'm not saying, you know, you got to wait a long, long time. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, let it be in God's timing and not in our own timing and let it be birthed by prayer because we may think we're ready and, you know, we may be uh, able to do the task that needs to be done, but it still has to be birthed in prayer. It still has to be God that does it. Because if, we, if we've been trained and then we go out there to do it and do it in our own strength, well, where is God getting glorified in that? You know, if we go out there and do it in our own strength, but if we uh, pray about it, if we seek God for it, you know, for effectiveness. You know, the Bible says uh, one plants and another waters, but it's God that gives the increase. Now, you'll, you'll kill a seed if you plant it and you sit there and jack with it the whole time. You know, trying to make it grow. <laughs> you plant it, somebody else puts a water and you leave it alone, you know, and you'll kill it uh, if you if you just try to make it grow in your own strength, you know. Sometimes the best, the most effective thing you can do is just to relax, uh, you know, to calm down and just pray and let God do His work uh, and do it in God's time because a lot of times we can stress ourselves out, man, I bought a, I, I paid for a billboard, and it wasn't cheap either, uh, to advertise the Salvation Bible Commentary. Now, this was an earlier edition of it, and I paid for it, and I saw no results from it. I mean, I don't know if anybody, people, a couple people bought the book, but I don't know if they bought it because they saw it on the billboard, or they just knew about it from some other source. But like I'm seeing, like there were there were much cheaper means of advertisement that I've used uh, for like restoring the bill of Christ that that seem to be much more effective than this expensive billboard. And uh, and it was troubling. I'm telling you, oh, you talk about oh, so frustrated. I just you know I'm not complaining against God, but I was just kicking myself in the butt. Like what are you? Like, you're just, a, you know, you don't know what you're doing out here. You're just doing stuff. And, you know, it was disappointing because I, I had anticipated, you know, that people would rally to the cause because I said on the billboard, you know, that once saved, always saved wasn't true. And, you know, you would think, uh, at, at least that's what I think. You know, there's a lot of people out here that are uh, understanding it's not true and just want you know, clarification of certain scriptures that seem to indicate otherwise because it's not good to pit scripture against scripture, but it's good to uh, harmonize the scripture, and that's what the book does. Well, it, it, the advertising was, it was basically like it was non-existent. You know, I, I saw no effect from it. 
And yet and still I had this big old bill I'm still paying on it. I'm still paying it off. Uh, I asked them to take it down. I had to pay an extra fee and everything, but I just, I'm, I'm still paying on it. Um, but that was an earlier, and that's how expensive it was, but that was an earlier edition of the book. And, you know, as I went through the book extensively and edited the book, I saw, man, that's, it wasn't ready for release yet. You know, mind you, the book's over, at that time, was over 600 and something pages. So we're talking about a big book. And uh, if you've ever written a book, there's, there's a lot. You know, you write it and then you think you're done, but you're not. you got to edit and edit and edit and edit. Well, it wasn't ready for release yet like I thought. And I wind up thanking God for not allowing the advertisement to work. And so at the time, it was frustrating. Like, ah, oh, you know, I was... Uh, this was supposed to be the time when I was, you know, it was supposed to be revealed to the world. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but it wasn't ready. And it was frustrating then. But now that I have learned more, you know, I am able to see that it was for the best. So, when, you know, things don't happen in our time. And they don't happen in our time for a reason. You know. We have to be ready otherwise it can kill us and like the doctor if he's going it can kill other people you know it can hurt it can do more harm than good you know when i was a babe in christ i mean a babe i'm talking about i'd only been saved for probably two months i don't know not very long and there was a lady at a job where i was i was saved for a few months maybe maybe about eight months or something now I think about it. There was a lady at a job where I was. And uh, she said that she had uh, a toothache. And and it was really bothering her. And well, you know, I was really zealous for the Lord. I was a new convert, you know, and I'd been reading the Bible and stuff. And I see that there are miracles and these signs will follow those that believe. You know, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, etc., I saw how the apostles prayed for people and in the name of Jesus and they were healed. And I told her, I said, if I pray for you in the name of Jesus, you're going to be healed. And and she was just kind of like looking like kind of, I guess she wasn't very a very religious person or whatever. Uh, and I said, can I pray for you? And she, she consented that I pray for her. I pray for her in the name of Jesus that she be healed. And then I stopped and I said, how's your tooth? And she said, it still hurts. And I said, well, well something ain't right, you know. I, I didn't put it off on her like so many and say, because yeah, you don't believe, you know, nothing wrong with what I'm doing, nothing wrong where I'm at, but it's because you don't. But because Jesus even raised people from the dead. Uh, so it's not always about their faith. Uh, but I knew something wasn't right, you know, because my what I thought I was supposed to be doing it didn't work out and there's a lot of people that you know in the churches that keep on doing that like they there has to be some evaluation some recognition that something ain't right whenever people are praying for people all the time and telling them they're healed in the name of Jesus and then they die you know or they're healed and then they're not healed you know that's not the pattern we see in the scripture and yet and still they just continue on doing it without any 
evaluation of hey there's something not something is out of whack in my methodology here something is not clicking instead they're just like well we don't want to acknowledge that we just want to keep on believing and keep on doing the same thing over and over again but there has to be truth God God confirms his truth but what I was saying was you know had that lady been let's say that lady was healed okay miraculously healed surely she would have told somebody and then they come and I pray for them and they get healed miraculously and on and on and 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 thousands upon thousands of people are lining up at my door I'm a babe in Christ and I'm just praying for them and they're getting healed well surely they're gonna they're gonna want to hear what I have to say and as a baby I didn't know hardly anything I'm there was all kinds of things wrong with my doctrine all kinds of things wrong with my doctrine I thought I knew because I you know people tell you things and that's the way you're taught and you know they got proof text quote unquote and you you think you understand what the Bible says because that's the you know that's the way it's presented to you I thought I, but there were things that I was what that I thought I knew and I believed were biblical that weren't and had I just been thrown out there and God do miracles through me uh, you know from that time on then I would have I would have got puffed up I'm sure I, I would have been propagating error you know just regurgitating error because that's the way it was taught to me uh, and how you know I would be so busy I would not have had the time to get tucked away and study and actually write the books and bring out the truth of the scripture uh, in the way that it has been brought out because I would have been so busy I would have been thrown out there and so you know a couple of examples with the sign you know with the billboard sign and also with the prayer for the lady's tooth to get healed and just seeing that things did not work out the way in the way or in the timing that I thought they should but in hindsight it's good that they didn't and so we may be discouraged you know I was just sitting here you know and I feel it too I felt discouraged just a minute ago you know because I was looking on uh, Amazon UK site just browsing uh, my books to see if anybody has reviewed it or what and I saw you know the negative reviews you know like it's 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 typically either five star review or a one star review you got the five star review from the people that you know actually read it with a with an intent to uh, weigh the truth and then you got the one star review from the people that are you know believing their tradition is right and then they just want to try to uh, destroy anything that doesn't line up with their tradition and they think they're doing God a service but they're not they're they're just ignorant and zealous and uh, you know they said Jesus was blaspheming Paul said I, I confess unto you that after a way that they call heresy so worship I the God of my fathers believe in all things written in the script in the prophets and in the uh, law and in the prophets so just because people call you a heretic or say you're blaspheming that don't mean nothing as to what you're saying true just because a tradition says something don't mean nothing you know, people are so big on the Nicene version of Trinitarianism. There, all oh, this Trinitarian, if you don't, know, and don't realize that wasn't the original Christian belief. It's not taught in the Bible. The word Trinity is never in the Bible. Okay, uh, 
and the the Nicene Creed, where a lot of people they go back to and say, see, this shows the 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 Trinitarian doctrine was you know was believed by the early Christians. That Nicene Creed containing the word homoousius, that exact same term was rejected by the Christians who gathered together 50 years prior to that. Exact same term. And so you have a, a not a, a suspected shift, but an evident shift where terminology that was opposite uh, was accepted 50 years after the rejection of that same terminology and it was terminology presented by Constantine the Emperor of Rome at the Council of Nicaea and so many people go back to that and say well that that shows the Orthodox faith no it doesn't and the first chapter of restoring the biblical Christ shows that but people are unlearned they don't know they're they're ignorant and so they they think they know something and they slander everybody that disagrees with them and that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be at, you know. At least be willing to learn, you know. But you know, it's just sad, man. But you know, I felt discouraged, but I had to think about it, you know. And I and I prayed about it, and I thought about the children of Israel in the wilderness when they were complaining. And I thought, you know, how, what what was it like? You know, before the manna came down from heaven, because every time they would get into a strait, they'd get into a bond and they'd complain. And they'd be like, God just took us out here to kill us, you know. And, you know, God's not, he's not for us out here, you know. There were great signs back in the day, you know, it came out of Egypt. But now, you know, it's in vain. He, did, he He's not caring for us anymore. And that wasn't the case. And we don't need to, our, our mindset to be that way either, where we feel like, man, God worked mightily in my past but now even though I'm serving him with integrity all of a sudden I'm by myself and everything I'm doing is just me and God's not in the picture and I thought about it and I was like what was it like before the manna came down from heaven whenever they were hungry and what was it like and even though it um, it surely didn't happen because it takes time for crops to come up and stuff, but I it's just like I, I pictured just a couple of guys out there just trying to cultivate a little garden or something, you know, like oh this is a it's not working, like you know, trying to do a little work in the corner, like hey we got to get this garden going, we gotta we gotta we gotta work this garden, man, we gotta get. The, you know, and it didn't happen, but that was just a funny picture I had in my mind of, you know, not understanding what God is about to do and trying to uh, take care of the situation yourself. You know, it's a situation beyond you. There's no way they could have fed that many people. But, you know, what if they were digging in holes trying to find, you know, you know, animals or critters to eat or something, you know, just out of desperation and not understanding what God was about to do. But God caused manna to fall from heaven and fed everybody. And there was extra. There was more than they needed. So God, we have to trust God to do what we can't do. Because when we try to force it, it's frustrating. And he won't let it succeed. And we better hope 
we better be grateful that he won't let it succeed and hope that we don't push past uh, his uh, his block that he puts in the way. You know, and that's why it's a, I think a good thing that you know to be limited in resource during your training process because if you have unlimited resources, you could just do all kinds of things and and maybe push it out there carnally instead of it being in the timing of God. But uh, we just got to wait on God and trust God and not sit there in the wilderness, if you will, for a figure of speech and be trying to cultivate a garden in the wilderness when God is the only one that can fix the situation. And I'd be sitting up there trying to make a garden in the wilderness, but instead wait on God and trust God. That's the way of peace. When you try to do it yourself and your efforts fail, misery and turmoil. When you trust God and don't look at the results, then there's peace. So let's trust God and let's not complain. You know, Don't complain because right after... When it seems like, hey, everything I do is in vain, you know. I remember when I was when I was dating my wife, courting my wife is what we call it. And uh, man, I'm talking about financially, I was in a bind. I, I, I in the United States, you know, we have to have the registration, inspection, insurance on our cars, all these stickers and you know, etc. But it costs money. And I didn't have no money. I had an old car, and I didn't have no money to buy that stuff. And I, and I was trying to drive around and look for a job because I didn't have a job at that time either. And I was a Christian. I was serving God fervently. But I kept getting these tickets, and it was crazy. It was it was it was it was a almost like every like twice a week. It was like I was getting pulled over and given all these tickets, like multiple tickets for not having these stickers and stuff and and I wasn't doing anything wrong you know I was I was trying to do I was serving God but I would drive my car the only time I mean I wouldn't leave the house I would go to church or I would go uh, to visit my wife right up the street you know while we were courting while she was staying with her mother uh, I, I would go maybe drop something off or just go sit over there with her and her family for a, a little bit. Or I'd be looking for a job, you know, or just going to the garage. I wasn't cruising around, you know. Uh, but it was just like, man, just from point A to point B, it was like, whoop, whoop, you know, they would pull me over. And uh, and it was troubling, man. And I remember telling my wife, because this was an ongoing, it wasn't just the tickets, but it was whole, I didn't have, I, I got the tickets because I didn't have no money. And not having money just... Uh, spread out into every area of my life where I was just in a in a hard shape, man. Didn't know how I was going to pay my bills or get groceries, etc. And uh, man, I tell you, man, there was a, a one last ticket. Uh, I got pulled over, and the, the cop gave me these tickets, and and I told him, I said, man, I just, I just can't afford it. That's why I haven't got it yet. I'm trying to get a job, etc. And he still gave me the tickets, and 
and I drove off from there and I, this feeling came on me like I just wanted to complain like I wanted to complain against God like I'm serving you and you're not helping in this situation here but I remembered a time it was a heavy feeling too. I remember a time though when I was living in Fort Worth and I was going through another hard time financially, kind of a similar situation. Uh, no job, didn't know how I was gonna pay my bills, etc. I mean, I was serving God fervently and I remember just sitting in the floor in Fort Worth. This was years prior to uh, the situation with my car but sitting in the floor crying and just praying to God and I was saying is it not enough Lord is it not enough you know I'm rejected by men I'm, I'm, I'm by myself I'm serving you wholeheartedly is it, is it not enough that I go through that and then I have to deal with these natural issues too you know where I just don't don't have uh, you know don't know how I'm going to pay my bills or how I'm going to buy groceries and I don't have a job etc and the Lord spoke to my spirit and he said what do you need that's all he said and and I thought about it and I I had a roof over my head I had food to eat still I didn't need anything. You know, Paul said, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. I didn't need anything. I was just worried about the future. I wasn't trusting God with the future. And he spoke to my spirit and said, what do you need? And, and I, it shut me up because I, I didn't need anything. I had what I needed. But the, the point he was making is that if you need something, I'll give it to you, you know. But you don't need anything. You're just worried about the future and you're not trusting me. And it shut me up and everything worked out in that situation. But I was complaining and not trusting God. And so now going back to the situation in my car, I felt really just to that point where I just wanted to complain. I mean, it was heavy. As this was, uh, I mean, this was like, uh, I don't know, like uh, weeks before that couple weeks or a month before that or so I, I was talking to my fiance at the time and uh, my wife now and I told her I said you know God can fix it in a moment you know it just take him one word to fix it you know uh, you know he can turn it all around quick and and I was almost in tears you know I could feel myself tearing up when I told her that because that's how heavy the situation was and it just kept getting worse after that <laughs> And so here we are. I got some more tickets. But I remember that time, man, when I was sitting in that floor and how I was complaining and how God worked it out and I wasn't trusting him. And instead of complaining in that car, I, I just started worshiping God and saying, God, I trust you. And that weekend, that weekend, everything just started. It's like from, from that Saturday, and this was like on a Friday, I think, when I got the ticket. I don't know. But like from Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, 
you know, uh, got a job interview, wound up getting that job. Uh, I got approved for food stamps, which is, you know, I, I applied for those and it's not, that's the only time I ever did it. And I told them after that, I didn't need any continuation of them because I got the job. So I wasn't milking the scissors, but I got approved for that. So I had grocery money uh, and and the roommate that I had that I was, you know, we were butting heads. That was a cause of stress and, and he moved out. And um, so it was like, you know, I got, I got food. Uh, I got uh, a job, you know, and it was a job that paid every week and it paid good money. You know, it was hard work, but it paid every week. And so I was able to quickly get a check and start addressing monetary issues. You know, and so everything worked out, but it was right after, man, right after, I'm talking about that was like a, that was a fork in the road. It's like either you're going to complain or you're going to trust God. And you, we got to remember what God says in Hebrews 3, you know, when he's talking about the, the children of Israel. He says, I swear in my wrath that they will never enter my rest because they did not know his ways and that is they did not trust him they didn't trust him whenever it, the situation seemed bleak or it was taking longer than they thought or the opposition was too strong for them and so every time they would come up against a situation they wanted to complain and reminisce on how good they had it back in Egypt, which they didn't, you know. <laughs> but they complained because they weren't trusting God. But God was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. But they didn't enter in the land because of their unbelief. Only Joshua and Caleb. So let's don't let's labor to enter at his rest okay let's, through faith and be patient and trusting because God his eye is on the sparrow you know he knows you know the hairs of your head are numbered not a sparrow falls to the ground without the knowledge of your father and you're of more worth than many sparrows and believe me, if you're serving him in integrity, yeah, you may make mistakes, etc. But you're not forgotten before God. So maintain your integrity. Trust God and be patient. And let everything be birthed out of prayer and out of faith. And take your hands off of it. <laughs> Don't be trying to don't be trying to cultivate a garden in the wilderness when you know this is there ain't no gonna, you ain't gonna make enough food to feed all these people. You know, when you know the conditions aren't ripe for for the the need that you have. You, there's there's no way we can not only just there's no way we can walk as Christ walked without God, but there's no way we can uh, fulfill the calling of our life in our own strength that God has for us in our own strength. So let's get past that expectation uh, and follow the pattern of Jesus who prayed often. He would pray a lot. 
We pray a lot. And let's see what God does. Hallelujah.